to number 612. Number 612, and let's all stand and sing, He Keeps Me Singing. Number 612. afternoon. Lord, I just thank you, thank the Lord that so many of us returned. And Lord, I just ask that you would bless the service, bless the preaching, and the singing. Lord, I pray that you bless the special. Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for your son. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Number two, 608, uh, no, 468. Number 468, if you would please. Number 468, Joy Unspeakable. Get a bulletin out of the foyer. All right, Pastor, you want to come? Amen. I like it. I like it. I like it. Them are my kind of announcements. Amen. Y'all have your bulletins. Amen. Amen. Well, now, just I just want to add one quick thing. If you go into Branson, 
The uh, rooms are 125, adult tickets are 65, and kids' tickets are 30. Okay, everybody got that? Yeah. All right, so uh, make, make the adjustments to that, and uh, if you haven't turned it in already, uh, please do that, all right? And if you have questions, just come see me after church, and we'll, we'll take care of that. Please don't forget now, uh, a week, um, this coming Saturday is a men's prayer breakfast, and I'm not going to go over all that because I don't want to take that time, but, but please uh, don't forget that. Uh, and read your bulletins, and let's invite and encourage to be back, be ready to go. Pray for our mission conference, too, uh, as well, so that uh, God will help us have a good time for that. Just uh, And one quick thing, I have an update from Brother Merlo. I finally got in touch with him. He's in Argentina, supposed to be back the 16th. Uh, his daughter is supposed to get the cast off of her leg, uh, off of her legs on the 16th. And then they put her in braces. The one you remember he told us about the braces. They will put those on both legs. The bar will go across. You will have to wear those for eight to ten months. So uh, keep uh, them in your prayer. <clears throat> He's, uh, he said she's doing real well. She's handling it real well. And kids are very resilient. Yes. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, but please, uh, the resiliency of a child still does not replace the power of prayer. And so please pray for them. And he's going to be with us I, 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 through email. I uh, was able to got, get him scheduled. He's going to be with us the first Sunday in December. So uh, uh, just pray again for him and his family as he's tra traveling back and forth. All right. Well, let's have a good offering this afternoon. And if you haven't given, please do so. If you've already given, go ahead and give a little more. Don't, it won't hurt a bit, I promise. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I, I, I dare you. Try to outgive God. Amen. Amen. That's all God said. Prove me now here with. You know what that means? Me. I dare you. Uh, and God will not allow you to do that. So please, uh, may God bless you as you give. Father, pray that you'd bless this offering. Thank you, God, for our folks and their faithfulness, Lord, to be back this afternoon. And pray that you'd help me, uh, God, to, uh, Lord, just to uh, be a help to our folks, Lord. Equip them. And God challenge them in their daily walk, and Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. <clears throat> Number 580, let's all stand and sing number 580, There Shall Be Showers of Blessings. I just want some showers, I don't know about y'all, but it's about time we got some rain around here, amen? There shall be showers of blessings, are you ready? And there shall be showers of blessings, this is the promise of love, there shall be seasons refreshing, sent from the Savior. Just 
couple shout-outs here. Name something we need a blessing of right now. Revival. Someone else. What else? Prayer. What else? Can't hear you. Huh? Reading the word. What else do we need to shower the blessings of? Power of God. Being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are the showers of blessings we need. Amen. On the four. Ready? There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as on Jesus we call. Number 418, if you would please. 418, meet me there. Amen. No more sorrow, pain, or woe. 
I've had a little taste of heaven and I want to go there. I want to go there. My treasure was an earthly thing until one night in prayer. I caught a glimpse of heaven and now my heart is there. Heaven, I've had a little taste of heaven. I've had a little touch of heaven. I've had a little glimpse of heaven. Want to go where the milk and honey flow. No more sorrow, pain, or woe. I've had a little taste of heaven, and I want to go there. I want to go there. Now when I feel discouraged and my burdens get me down, I pray till I touch heaven and my feet are on higher ground. Heaven, I've had a little taste of heaven. I've had a little touch of heaven. I've had a little glimpse of heaven. Want to go where the milk and honey flow. No more sorrow, pain, or woe. I've had a little taste of heaven, and I want to go there. I want to go there. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face, cause heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. Heaven is a wonderful taste of heaven. With glory and grace, I want to see my Savior's face, cause heaven is a wonderful place. I've had a little taste of heaven, and I want to go there. <laughs> That's good, amen. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. I'm going to get Brother uh, Andrews and Brother Peter to help me this afternoon. My voice is about, uh, I want to save it. So I'm going to have them read Exodus chapter 7. If you'll stand and turn there, <clears throat> I'll have Brother, go ahead and turn the pulpit mic on as well. Brother Andrews is going to begin reading verse 14, and then Brother Peter's going to finish uh, from verse 19. So just follow along. Uh, with them as they read, all right? Go right ahead, Brother Andrews. Yeah, thank you, Pastor. So at verse 14, chapter 8 of Exodus, and they gathered them together upon heaps, and oh. the land stank. Is but that when chapter Pharaoh 7? Saw, uh, nope, chapter 8, 14, right? Yeah, 7, 14. Oh, 7, 14, sorry. Yeah. All right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Go, 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 get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning, though he goeth out unto the water, and thou shalt stand by the river's bank against he, against he come. And the rod which was turned to a serpent shalt thou take in, in thine hand. And thou shalt say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go. And they may serve me in the wilderness, and behold, hith uh, hitherum uh, thou wouldest not hear. Thus said the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in thine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the flesh that is in the river shall die, and the river shall, shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink the water of yeah. the river. Amen. Go ahead, Brother Peter. You, and the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thine hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. Mm -hmm. And Moses and Aaron did so as the Lord commanded. And he lifted up the rod and smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. And the fish that was in the river died, and the river stank. And the Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river. And there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did he set his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled, 
After that, the Lord had smitten the river. Amen. Thank you, Brother Peter. Notice verse 20. I was re- listening to him read it. You notice that God did everything in the, inside of everybody. Right. He did it where everybody could see. You know, isn't it funny how a lot of times the, in the evil things of this old world, they all do it under the cover of darkness or they try to hide it from us. But listen, when God does things, he does it. He wants everybody to know. And he does it out in the open. So uh, anyway, I just thought I'd throw it. Thank you, man, for helping me with that. Father, Lord, bless the reading of your word and help me, uh, God, this afternoon. Help my voice, Lord, today. I pray, God, that you'd strengthen it, Lord, and God, that I might bring glory and honor to your name. Pray that you'd, again, watch over us today and help us to respond to the preaching of the word of God through the presence of the Spirit of God. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, we've got, we're getting started in the, on the ten plagues, all right? And uh, we, we kind of did an introduction about this last week and, and what's going on. And if you begin to look at the ten plagues that God used against Egypt to uh, deliver Israel, you notice that the first one, let me just go through these real quick. The first one was turning the water into blood. The second one, remember what it is? The frogs. Third one is lice. The fourth one is moraine. Now, you'll have to look that up, and I'll, we'll get into that later. But the uh, next is the boils, then you have the storm, the locust, darkness, and then you have the death of the firstborn to the death angel that God sent. And all these plagues, uh, if you go and look at them closely, they're in groups of three, except for the last one. And it's interesting to notice, and when you look at the plagues, if you notice plagues one and ten, now they mention the blood. Plagues 2 and 9, they're both associated with darkness. Uh, Plagues 3 and 8, they have a confession associated with them. The the magicians in the third plague, they confess and say, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh in the eighth plague uh, confessed uh, in chapter 8 and verse 16. He said, I have sinned. So they had to do the confession. Plagues 4 and 7... Goshen is specifically mentioned that it had been exempted. If you go back, Goshen is where the Israelites were at. They were exempted from the plagues. In, in plague 5 and 6, animals are prominent. Uh, and, and, you know, when you look at all these things, it, it just lets me know, listen, that God's Word is not just some storybook that has been put together by random men that have vivid imaginations, you know? I mean, God put this together. The Word of God is divinely authored, and, and it's put together with, uh, with precision beyond our comprehension under the inspiration of God. And, and it's like I mentioned this morning, man could not have written such a book, could not have done that. And failure to see these things is, now watch, failure to see that this book, our Bible, uh, is a choice of a heart that simply refuses to believe it. It's all a matter of the heart, by the way. Are y'all still here? Say amen. It's all a matter of the heart. And so we can, and we're going to see some of these things. So if we begin in verse 14, we're going to really focus in on this first plague, and that's the plague of blood. <clears throat> and, and before the first plague, in fact, if you go back to verse 16 of chapter 7, Pharaoh uh, is reproved by Moses, and he says, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldest not hear. Now see, Pharaoh's already been approached twice. Uh, they have come to him and said, listen, let, God says, let my people go. And, and, and twice he has refused. And so it's at this point, as it looks like everything is just going to continue as normal. But listen, you can't refuse God and you can't reject God and, and you can't go in your own path and expect everything to continue as they are. It, it, it won't happen. And Pharaoh... Listen, he's not rejecting Moses here. He's rejecting God, and, and God is about to get his attention. Now, there's a, if we're not careful when we reject God and we do things uh, in our own flesh, <clears throat> listen, God will get our attention too. Can I get a dang man for that? And Pharaoh is, is going to find out that he cannot reject God's demand to let Israel go uh, and not incur God's judgment. And you and I both know that sin 
uh, uh, sin brings judgment. And that judgment is going to start here in Egypt. <clears throat> Can I also say that the Bible teaches us that, that uh, judgment begins at the house of God? Mm -hmm. In other words, God says if, if we will judge ourselves and if we will examine ourselves and, and get right, then God won't have to judge us. And God will not do that. And we see this here with Pharaoh. <clears throat> Pharaoh has been warned. Uh, he has rejected. And now he's about to get in trouble. And, and, and listen, Ma I like what Matthew Henry said in his commentary. He said, God warns before he wounds. Yeah. You know, I can't count the number of times my mom and daddy warned me. And, and then when I didn't heed their warning, they wounded me. Amen. And, uh, and, and it's about to happen here. Uh, Pharaoh is about to be wounded. Uh, and and I want you to notice what's happening here. Pharaoh uh, could have escaped the judgment of God. He could have, he could have uh, just done what God wanted him to do, and God's judgment would not have fallen. And, and remember, if you go back and, and look in Exodus chapter 5, turn back over there, and, and I want you to see so you can remember... Uh, what Pharaoh told Moses and Aaron when they first went to Pharaoh. In chapter 5 and verse 2, Pharaoh said, I know not the Lord. Can, I can hear him. Uh, Moses and Aaron come to him and say, Hey, God said, let my people go so they can go out in the wilderness in three days and worship. And he's, I, I think that Pharaoh is probably uh, just a sarcastic, arrogant individual. And he says, I don't know, God. And notice the word Lord is capitalized. That means Jehovah God. He said, I don't know Jehovah. Who's he? Look in verse 17 to chapter 7. But now things are about to change. He, didn't, he said and admitted he didn't know God then. But it says, thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. In other words, God's saying, you know, God, listen, God doesn't forget, by the way. And Pharaoh said, I don't know who your God is. But now God's saying, Pharaoh, you're about to find out who I am. You're gonna have, we're going to have a little schooling here. Pharaoh's going to learn several things about Jehovah God. Pharaoh's going to learn that God is holy. He's going to learn that God is all-powerful and that he is superior uh, to any of the Egyptian gods that Pharaoh has ever known. In fact, in everything God does, think about this, God does it to reveal himself to mankind. God is not performing these miracles just for entertainment purposes. Amen. God's doing them to enlighten men of the truths uh, of life. And folks, can I say this? A lot of churches today spend far too much time in their, in their worship uh, in entertainment. Amen. They're, listen, we're not here for entertainment. Amen. We're here to worship. We're here to, uh, for, to listen to songs like the choir sings that uplift the name of God and, say, and sing about a name above every name. And we're here to be enlightened by the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit of God uh, to speak to our hearts. We're here for that purpose, not for entertainment. Amen. Amen. Uh, but a lot of churches, they've gotten into that. And, but we need to understand that when God does something, He does it to educate and instruct us. Uh, as to who he is. Uh, notice, first thing I want you to see in verse 20 and 21, the ruin that comes from the plague. Uh, I, I don't, let, me, let me keep going. The plague ruined their food source. Now, remember, it, it, the, God turned the uh, water into blood. <clears throat> the, plague, the plague polluted their food source, their water supply, and then ultimately the economy. And if you'll think for just a minute that when the fish died, the fish population didn't, they just didn't come back overnight. Uh, it took a while. Fish don't replenish themselves just over, overnight. It takes a while for that to come back. Uh, and fish, uh, in those days, uh, even here, nowadays, it was, it was a major part of their diet. But the Bible also says that not only did the fish die, but it tells us that the river stank. Now, I want you to know, folks, listen, if you ever walk by a pond that's stagnant, oh, man, I can smell it now. 
Uh, you just and you, you you start at one end, but the where you're going is at the other end, and 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 you want to do everything you can not to breathe so much. I that is the most putrid smell that you could ever smell, and I can only imagine what these rivers smelled like when the Bible says that the rivers stank. I, I mean, it, it it was it was a horrendous smell. But this plague, watch, was a result of disobedience. It was a result of sin. And a lot of our, and I, when I was studying this, I thought, you know, a lot of our ecology problems today are the same. Think about it. They're a result of sin. And, but you'll never get the politicians to admit to it. Oh, it's global, it's climate change. Wait a minute. What about sin? Listen, you think the river's stinking and the fish dying? Or you think that wasn't a part? Listen, I'm telling you, uh, that affected things. And, and, and we have all types of programs, though, today. We have Earth Day. We have Save the Earth Day. But you know what? They're not going to work because they don't address the problem. They, listen, it will, they, all these things won't help our economy. It, you know, when I thought of that, I thought, I thought it's like putting perfume in a bow on a pig. You can take a pig and you can clean him up, sprinkle some perfume on him, put a bow in his tail, but as soon as you let him go, guess what? He's headed right back to the waller. Listen, that's what's going on here today. You can, you can have Earth Day, you can have this day, save the earth, you can have all this, but until we address the problem, listen, none of these things are going to help our, our earth. None of these things are going to help our economy. If we want to help our world, then we're just going to have to address the problem, and the problem is just a little three-letter word, and it's sin. Amen. Amen. Um, let me show you something else. The Bible says, you're familiar with this, you'll reap what you sow. Well, you think Egypt is reaping what they've sown? Absolutely. You think about this, you remember Egypt, they have stained the river with blood of the Jewish male babies already. Think about it. Remember, all of these male babies were thrown into the river at the command of Pharaoh. These rivers were infested with crocodiles when they threw these babies in. What a sad thing. I mean, I don't even want to try to picture that, about a, throwing a baby less than two years old into a river that's infested with crocodiles. How, how gruesome and how evil that is. All of, but it didn't seem to bother Egypt when they did it. But it bothered God. Listen, you think what's going on today is going with abortion and things of that nature? You think it's going unnoticed by God? Absolutely not. It didn't go unnoticed when these people threw these babies in. Listen, but listen, it bothered God. And we're going to notice this and we're going to see this. And you can't sow without reaping. The plagues were an attack that we see here on the pagan gods of Egypt. And it's going to show us here, beginning with this first plague, that Jehovah God is superior to any God that Egypt or mankind can come up with in their evil imagination. One commentary says this. It says, the Nile uh, was worshipped as a beneficent deity in whose honor hymns were changed by the priests. The papyri furnished the very words of those ancient odes. Others tell us a temple was built in most cities to honor this God. We're talking about the Nile River. And that the God, uh, little G, was pictured as a man with his mouth open and water coming out of it as the Egyptians did not know the source of the river. Well, God, through this plague, is going to show his superiority to anything that the Egyptians could come up with. And sooner or later, all the things that we trust in, all the things that we give honor to above God, sooner or later, they're going to fail us as God judges us and God judges us for our disloyalty to him. Anything that we put in front of God, God's going to judge it. Amen. God shows us three things. I want you to think about these three things here. First, that anything that becomes an idol with us will one day become a plague. The river was an idol to these people. That river Nile, they worshiped that river. But guess what? Now it has become a plague. 
God turned it into blood and the fish died and it stank. The second thing that he is showing us is that anything that tasted sweet in sin will one day become inedible. One day it will become revolting, disgusting, foul. And, and we see this in the, the sin of the Egyptians. Listen, at one point they had enjoyed the Nile. But verse 21 it says, The Egyptians could not drink of the water of the river. It had turned to blood. Listen, let me say it again. Anything that may taste sweet uh, will, uh, in sin will one day become disgusting in our life. Amen. Third thing that God's trying to teach us is that misused blessings will become a curse. Yep. The river, a blessing, it was misused. It was abused by worshiping it and killing the Jewish babies in it. Now, guess what? It's happened. It's become a curse. Listen, I want you to understand, folks. Listen, God's serious. He said, I'm a jealous God. He said, no, have no other gods before me. And anything that we put in the place of God, listen, God has a tendency to take that from us or it will become a curse. Let me show you something else in verse 22. And now remember the, well, let me read it, verse 22. The magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did, the, neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. Now, Now watch, these magicians, they imitate, or at least they try to imitate the plague. Uh, But now, when you think about this, where are they going to get the water to imitate God's miracle? Look in verse 24. Here's the answer. It says, And all the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink. There it is. You You want me to tell you where they got the water? They had to dig new wells to get it. Now, this, now what we're about to show you is the, most, is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But listen, people out of the will of God do stupid things. Y'all with, y'all with me? Say amen. People out of the will of God just seem like logic plays no part in their thinking. Have you noticed today how illogical some of the things that are going on today in the news and among the politicians, some of the things is, is you look at it is like, are you kidding me? Listen, there's no logic behind it whatsoever, and, and, and we're seeing this. Now listen, where do they get the water? Well, they dig the wells. They'd get it from the wells of Egypt. They dig new wells because all the, all the other water has turned to blood. Now you know, think about this, it takes a lot more work, a lot more work by this flesh to try to get away from doing God's will than it does to do God's will. Listen, all they had to do was just let God's people go. But instead, the river is turned to blood. All the fish die. Everything stinks to high. And by the way, that stink just doesn't go away. It takes a while. You Now, that's a day when you're probably going to need a mask. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, I'm, let me keep going. But it takes a lot of work by this flesh. To try and work up or imitate the works of God. You understand that a lot of people today, they what they call worship, they try to just work it up in the strength of this faith. You realize how much energy that takes? You realize how much effort, how much time and money that it takes to try to just simply listen to imitate the blessings of God? Listen, they all they had to do was be obedient. Listen, why not simply just trust God? Why not just do what God said? Listen, I understand that, and I said this morning that it takes three things to, to, for a church to grow. Faithfulness, hard work, and lots of prayer. Listen, I would rather do that and, and allow the, 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 the Spirit of God to, to work through us than us trying to work it up in the flesh because what we do in the flesh is not going to last. Amen. So here are these Egyptians. Uh, they go out there and they start digging, you know, more wells and, 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 and I mean, uh, and it, but it doesn't work. Satan's, let me read this, Satan's imitation is minuscule compared to what God can do. But think about what they did. Now, now watch. Um, it says back up here in, in verse 22, And the magicians of Egypt, uh, of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hard. What did they do? 
Well, they dug these wells, new wells. They worked hard. I mean, they, they got out there and dug new wells, got fresh water. And then what'd they do to it? <laughs> they turned it into blood. You, you see how dumb that is, right? They don't have anything to drink. It's all blood. It, it's polluted with dead fish. So they say, man, we're going to show, we're going to show God who, you know, who's really in charge of things around here. We're going to go out here and work for a few days and we're going to dig new wells. And, and then magicians, y'all come over here. Pharaoh says, y'all come here, man. You prove to me that, 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 you know, our God is as strong as, as Jehovah God. And, and you turn our fresh water into blood. We'll show them. Listen. Now, my question is, why didn't the magicians turn the blood back into water? (laughs) I mean, that would have taken care of the problem. Uh, They would have had fresh water to drink. Uh, Not only that, but they would have proven that that their God is is, is stronger than Jehovah God. Uh, But listen, but changing changing the water that they had left into blood, it just simply made the problem worse. Which tells me this, that the devil cannot remove God's judgment. He can only add to it. Listen, you see what they've done? God's judgment is there. The, the, the water's been turned to blood. The fish has died. It stinks to high heaven. And they, the magicians come around, and the people have dug new wells. They got fresh water, and the magicians have turned that fresh water into blood. Listen, Satan can only add to the judgment of God. He cannot remove it. Listen, why God help us to understand that if we have the judgment of God on us, isn't the best thing that we can do is just pray and repent. And be obedient to God. Notice in verse 22. The magician's magic was accepted over God's miracle. Look what it says. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. In other words, they took fresh water and they turned it into blood too. And it says, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. Um, one commentary says this, that Pharaoh would not be a severe critic of the magician's lesser performance. Pharaoh was given a loophole, and no matter how small it may have been, he took it. You know, there's a lot of people today, I say a lot of people, there's a lot of lost people, and not only that, but there's a lot of uh, Christian folks that are just looking for a little loophole, so to do what they want to do. And the best example I can give is this. I had somebody say something to me the other day about this. They said, uh, um, well, drinking a little bit of alcohol is okay. Because it said not be drunk with much wine. You know what's happening? People are looking for a loophole. They're looking for a reason to do what they want to do. Listen, why would God condone something that causes so much grief in the lives of families today? Why would he do that? Why would God condone something that has called divorces in homes? It has caused children to be abused in the homes. Why would he do that? Oh, a preacher, I wanna, all I want to do is drink a little. Well, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven up the whole lump. And since, you know, if people are looking for a loophole and they say, well, I'm just drinking a little. Well, listen, if it takes you five beers to get drunk and you drink one, then you're one-fifth drunk. I'm using the same logic they use. But the best thing to understand is it's not right. Period. It's a sin. God said to abstain from it, not look on it when it moveth itself aright. Listen, to leave it alone. Who hath, who hath the wounds without cause? Those who stay long at the bottle is what it said. Listen, alcohol, beverage is a sin and it ought not to be drank. Period. That's just a little extra. People are looking for a loophole. Pharaoh looking for a loophole. And when they gave it to him, he took it. And you know, you know, some folks, uh, my dad used to say this, you know, when I was a kid. He goes, I'm telling you what, boy, you would, you would walk across the street to tell a lie when you can stand still and tell the truth. 
You know, there's a lot of people that will, that will walk a mile to do what they want to do instead of standing still and just being obedient to God. Amen. Amen. And that's what's happening to Pharaoh. In spite of all, you, you see what all of the evidence that God has given to Pharaoh to show him who he is? I mean, up to this point, God has really shown himself to Pharaoh, and there, there's literally no doubt. But now the magicians come up. God has turned every river, every source of water for these fish and stuff. God has turned the rivers into blood. And listen, I want you to know, that was no small thing. That, that water had to be running. And no matter where it ran from, it's blood. It didn't just get to this spot and turn in. No, it was all blood. And you understand that God is saying, listen, Pharaoh, I'm showing you who I am. But in spite of all the overwhelming evidence from God, Pharaoh rejected it. How many times have we met someone, <clears throat> listen, who, where the, the evidence is overwhelming in the word of God, and yet people reject it? They say, no, I don't believe that. I'll give you another example. Let's, let's talk about the gift of tongues. Listen, all of uh, the, the gifts of tongues have ceased. And I'm not going to go in. That's a whole different message in and of itself. But the evidence is overwhelming. But people will take one verse out of Scripture, out of context, to believe what they believe, even though the evidence is overwhelming to us. And they think they found a loophole, and they choose to believe it. And that's what Pharaoh has done, which makes me realize that error falsehood and lies and deception, they never get inspected like the truth does. Have you ever noticed that? Evil philosophies are accepted without any proof, while the Bible and truth is continually put under a microscope and examined to the nth degree. Listen, the wicked liberal press and corrupt politicians, they'll gloss over the truth uh, while wicked lies are accepted and the truth is overwhelming. Here it is. This won't work. And, and listen, we've seen it. We've seen the results of it. And, and we see the truth of it. And yet they still accept it as truth. Well, listen, Christianity, if we're not careful and churches are doing the same thing, they accept the lies, they are tolerant of evil, but they're not tolerant of good and right. Boy, you try to stand up against, you know, for what's right, and you'll get shouted down. Yeah. Um, Pharaoh, he could accept an inferior performance by the magicians, but the great work of Moses and Aaron, they don't pass the test. And Pharaoh remains unconvinced. I, I just, you know, have you ever met somebody that the, the evidence is right here just in your face? And it, but they still say something about, I don't believe that. God help us to be discerning in the important matters of life. No, look in verse 24. Notice what it says. It says, and all the Egyptians dig round about. The river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled after that the Lord had smitten the river. Now, thanks to the corruption of the Egyptian government, the people were cursed to more hard work. Sounds like today. Yeah, because of the spiritual poverty of political leaders today, listen, you've noticed it's brought hardship and burdens to the people of this country. Yeah, we see it right here. You, listen, what's going on today is not new. It's been going on for centuries. For the corruption of the, the leadership of countries, listen, all it did was cause more hard work on the people. Same thing today. The actions of Pharaoh describe our day. Um, the, the miracles of God, no matter how great and mighty they might be, listen, they were present, but they're rejected. And God sends, can send devastating storms. He can send earthquakes and diseases. 
But many today, just like in Pharaoh's day, they just harden their hearts to the truth. That's exactly what Pharaoh did. It says in, in verse 22, And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them, as the Lord uh, hath said. Listen, you know, because people today won't recognize their truth, um, just end up working harder. They just end up digging instead of enjoying God's blessings. And instead of repenting of sin, you know what we do? We just try to invent a better shovel. Yeah. Seems uh, like in Pharaoh's day, it's no different than what's going on in our day. Can I encourage you folks? A better shovel's not going to work. You know, I mean, uh, the best thing for us to do is to get close to God. Listen, when you know, when, when God... I, I can remember my dad uh, uh, preaching a sermon years ago, and he mentioned about how when he used to get a whooping from his daddy, he said, you know, he said, I, I learned that if I got close to him, that it didn't have no leverage, and the whooping didn't hurt so bad. You know, I thought, that's... but you know, in the spiritual sense, you know what? When we're experiencing the chastisement of God, you know the best thing that we can do is to get close to Him. Yeah, because, listen, we know we're close to Him. It don't hurt quite so bad. Can I tell you today, listen, God may be trying to show us something, not only in our country, but in our lives as Christians as well. Listen, the best thing that we can do is to be obedient, to continue being obedient to the things of God. Continue putting uh, our hands to the plow of God's will and, and God's purpose for our lives and for this church. You know, while we were here this morning and, and all the folks were gathered in here and we were praying, I, 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 the Lord impressed upon my heart that I, I feel like you know, that Central Park Baptist Church, we're, we're at a, a crossroad. We're at the crossroad that where we need to take that next step and, and take that next step to move forward and in growth, not just in numerical growth, but in spiritual growth and in, in the things of this ministry. It's time for us to take that step. But if we're not careful, if we don't take that next step, listen, we're doomed to be a mediocre uh, a, a church that drifts through uh, the rest of the time that God has given us. But listen, I, I'm, I'm not here to be average or mediocre. I'm here to, to see great mighty things that we know not. You say, well, how do we do that, preacher? Well, Jeremiah 33 and 3, God said, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. But in order to get those three things, it's going to, or to get, get that, it takes three things. It takes faithfulness. It takes hard work. Come on, hard work. We can't, if we want to do that, we can't keep doing things like we're doing it. That means we got to put forth that little bit of extra effort. We got to do the extra things. But then we have got to pray a lot. A lot. Not just here together. But when we wake up in the mornings in our in our homes, listen and we're sp listen. Spend some extra time in prayer. Uh, get up fifteen minutes early and and spend an extra fifteen minutes uh, uh, on your face before a holy and a righteous God and ask Him, God, please show uh, me great mighty things. But God, let me be a vessel. Let me be that vessel. Listen, we we it's time. You know, it, it, I've been, God's been good. Uh, God has been blessing. Uh, we have grown in, in more ways than one. But God help us not to become complacent. God, God help us not to become ungrateful. It's not time to, to sit back and say, man, it look, just, isn't God good? The crowds are being better. Our afternoons are even better. And Man, that's... <laughs> nope. The Bible says that that person that has put his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Listen, you know what let's do? Keep our hands on the plow. Let's keep moving forward for him. And let's be, listen, if this church was just like me, what kind of church would this church be? Can you say that? 
If you say that to yourself, would it make you nervous? Would it make you nervous for you? Would it make you nervous for Central Park? Listen, this church ought to be better because you're in it. Amen. Amen. That's why God put you here. Because he wants you to be here and wants you to be a, a blessing for the cause of Christ. So God help us. Not, let's don't look for loopholes. Amen. Uh, let's look for a way to step up and do the things that God has called us to do. Father, help us, Lord, this, this afternoon. I pray that you'd uh, help us to understand what's going on with Pharaoh. Uh, Lord, he really, he's just, he's looking for just a reason not to do that little bit extra. Help us, God, to understand what's going on here. And God, you're trying to show yourself, Lord, as God to those people. And God, all they had to do was just do right. And God, that's all we have to do. It's that simple. God, I pray that you'd help us as your people, Lord, to just give ourselves to you wholly and completely, God, for the cause of Christ here in this place. Thank you, God, for our folks. We thank you, God, for where you've brought us from and where you brought us to. But God, I pray that we'll not be complacent, Lord, with where we are. That God, that we'll understand there's still people that need Christ. There's still folks that are hurting and looking for a church home. God, help us to find them, and Lord, put forth that extra effort to do it, and we'll give you praise, because it's in Jesus' name I pray and ask all these blessings. Amen. While we stand and while we sing a verse.